watching prohibition fall down. All right, boys and girls, gonna hang out with some grow talk. You ready, Scotty? You ready? It's a bittersweet symphony that's life. So I got pumped up with that song today. Jesus, you ain't kidding, man. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it takes you a little while to get stuff, huh? To get what they're talking about, man. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Like, what's that uh, Led Zeppelin Lemon song about, by the way? I'm not sure. I don't recall that specific one. Can you do a little mouth guitar? No, I'm still trying to figure it out, though, man. You let me know. <laughs> Today is Grow Talk, guys. We're going to get into a good show here. I got a little teaser. Actually, I ran into uh, Urban Ramo just out in the neighborhood, if you will. Uh-uh. Going to go hang his bro. He's like, dude, the plants are huge. Is literally his word. He's like, the plants are huge. Come, come hang out. We'll smoke a joint. All right. All right. So, man, I need to be the guy that hangs out with Urban, Urban Ramo, man. You guys are I- too alike in some ways. It's kind of scary. You do. You guys get along like two peas in the pot. All right. Yeah, like I would carry a quarter pound around a concert, too, if I knew I wasn't going to get arrested for it. You got to respect a guy that still does not have a cell phone. When I want to call him, I call his house line. I love it. (laughs) You come by the house. I like it. All right. Today's show, let me give you a rundown. Grower questions off dudegrows.com. Guys, go over there. Building the show. Uh, Much love to the DGC commenting. It's been uh, great building that site and all the knowledge. So here's the questions we pulled for today's show. Uh, We got a dank nug. From Mr. East Coast Grows, titled Last Try. Last Try. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. Uh, not sure what to do in grower questions by Chris Chris Topher with a Z. Um, hey, I'm telling you, man. I need to get, like, the tarot cards and uh, the long centaur wig. And I'll just tell you what to do, man. You call me. Scotty, I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little change it up a little bit. We've got a post titled Book Recommendations by Forged in Flowers. Some grower book recommendations. I dig. Whoa, uh, don't get me started, man. You ever read the Divergent series? <laughs> no. Anything just, by John Grisham. Just to take us back to our roots, Scotty and I both, I picked this question. It was a nice looking setup here. Are DWC, Newt Strength, and Phenos by Hydrohuman 508? So 600 parts per million deep, next. Yeah, it's a nice uh, recirculating deep water culture system. So we'll, we'll, we'll help out there. Grew many years in the, the deep waters. My roots were in the deep waters. Yeah, let's talk about that because it's very interesting why you do have to adapt. It's not the same. Yes, I will continue to talk while you <laughs> yes, smoke. Yes, I haven't smoked at the day, so it's like <laughs> i got to get something going here. Uh, oh, shit. We hop into the show. We've got dogrows.com forward slash support. Join the DGC. Get access to the DGC members page. Pick up some free seeds from Seeds Here Now for new members. A chance to win the Build a Soil Artisan Soil Building Kit. Take and bake build a kit. Um, That is over on Patreon, guys. That's the top post. So when you're logged into Patreon, just make a comment and you are entered to win for the giveaway, which I think I made March 25th or 22nd. It's over on the post there. You made it in the future, right? As long as it's in the future, that's all I care about. You can make nine cubic foot of healthy living soil in your living room, in your bedroom, if you prefer, in the kitchen. It comes with a 100-gal fabric pot to mix everything up in so you can keep it clean. You don't got to worry about going getting a tarp or whatever. Uh, You can even plant in that and then have your no-till bed if you prefer. But check it out. Uh, easy to win. Also, oh, two other benefits, 30% off Real Growers Recharge, access to the DGC Discord. We're sending out DGC sticker packs to everybody that signs up. So a lot going on. Dudegrows.com forward slash support, making the show happen. 
Yes. Yes. I no, dig it, dude. Gotta, more, more. Ed McMahon would be disappointed in that. Bro, you got to pull me up today. It's my first joint of the day. Pull me up, brother. Yes. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. All right, let's go into uh, Deg Nug here. Last try by Mr. East Coast Grow. Hey, I mean, and- I got to know Mr. East Coast, Coast Grow a little bit. And this is, uh, I know he gave us a, couple, a little bit of advice on squeezing, getting a bunch out of it. So, yeah, this is pretty cool. All right, so I figured I'd give the Dank Nugs one last shot. Looks like it worked. Uh, nope, nope, everyone's out to get you, man. No, we just get so many Dank Nugs. That's actually why uh, East Coast Grows, this is one of the uh, catalysts for doing the Dank Nugs contest. There's so many of these, they get. Uh, they don't always get the attention they deserve. So we're trying over here, guys, we're trying. Uh, yeah, Mr. East Coast Grows isn't the Dank Nug contest. Just to touch on that, guys, uh, go over to the Dank Nugs and you can click right there on the link. It says vote on Dank Nugs. We have uh, picked six that we currently are in contention for a pounder of recharge and a pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. There'll be more, more information on that page. Just go check it out and uh, vote, vote, vote. You can check on, click the results. You can see how the Nugs are doing there. And we're evolving on it a little bit, but all the information needs over there if you want to enter. So let me tell you about Mr. East Coast Grows Nug here. Wow, that is frosting. So I I give, give the dank nugs one last shot. This strain is my sour apple and my, my macrib crosses from Canarado, Canarado Genetics. She's my pressing strain and used primarily for my extracts. That's what she was bred for. She has an awkward structure with huge fan leaves that I cut off constantly and try to control her and keep her uniform. But she's worth the trouble and time, in my opinion. She has a smell that's more sour than fruity, but still has a sweet aftertaste. I grow drained to waste hydroponics and cocoa. We could touch on that drained to waste, guys. It's typically you're in a table or something. You could be in cocoa, you could be in rock wool. You water through with drippers, or sometimes flood. Sometimes people flood their table, but the waste, all the excess goes down the drain, hence drained to waste. Flood, t- uh, flood is pretty uh, inefficient for that kind of stuff. Man, I, flood was one of my first uh, ways I tried to grow an ebb and flow table. By the way, life ebbs and flows, bro. You know, wanes and waxes, okay? But, that's uh, where you're turning re- the nutrient solution to the reservoir, right? Pumping it up and returning yep. it to the rest. I didn't realize how much freaking water it takes to fill up a giant, you know, four by four by, you know, four inches, six inches reservoir. Crazy amount of water. That water has nutrient in it. The nutrient's expensive. So something like this where drain the waste where maybe you got some eight, you know, I'm sorry. uh, What are the Hugo blocks? Those six inch rock wool cubes or something like that. But you water for just enough for it to come out the, you know, the bottom a little bit, maybe 10 percent. And that's your waste. That's your runoff. Uh, It's a pretty efficient way to, to water. There as long go. as you don't There's get as long as you don't get too much waste. Yes, as long as you don't get too much waste, exactly. So easy in cocoa and perlite 50-50. Uh, feeds two to three times a day, grown under grower's choice ROI seven twenty and master control or CO2 enrichment. The nutrients are cocoa cocoa, the cocoa blend uh, from AN's advanced nutrients since you grow okay. bloom. Well, hang on a second. So yeah. he's he, cocoa is hydro, so he's he's calling this hydro. Okay, so cool. So and drain, drain very, the waste. Like, it's going to drain. Like eat with the 50, 50, 50% perlite in that cocoa, like it's going to drain easily. <laughs> Bro, I set, set my uh, clones in three gallons from the cup to the three gallons. I saturated them. I just waited for them to drain. It took forever. Like the first <laughs> saturation of the cocoa with a shitload of castings. I was like, did I fuck up? Is this ever going to drain, man? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, it says also... Uh, 
or I use Rainbow Nutrients Supercharge Pack, which is their full line. So some strains prefer one over the other. She gets a weekly kelp foyer feed and B vitamins every two weeks, or she's around 25% returner on the press, depending on which part of the plant the nugs are from. Long live the DGC. 25% is really good, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, this is actually how, how we got the, got to know Mr. East Coast Gross. Is, uh, we we're like, 25%? What? And then he uh, he got in touch with us. Let us know that's legit. Right on, right on. He said strain specific. That's why I showed these off. And we appreciate you, brother. I do. Go over to dudegrows.com right on the top navigation. Navigation is your Dank Nugs tab. Because go over there, vote on these guys, and get your own up to be selected for the next Dank Nug contest. Question number one in Grow Talk here. Yeah. I'm not what sure got? what to do by Chris Topher. All right, so let's help him out. Let's help him out. What's up, guys? First off, just wanted to say thanks for all you do. Thanks for all you do as well. I've learned so much and can't get enough. This is my first grow, and my question is, I have six auto flower seeds I was given from a friend, and I also just got some lemon Jeffrey from Iogenetics. Should I do just autos or just the photos? Or can I do both? I want to get some dank as soon as possible. I have a two-by-four tent, with an electric sky 300 v3 hey, these these names are killer <laughs> the electric sky is good uh the roi maker is pretty good i like that um and have some five gal and two gal fabric pots ocean forest and have earth dust also from green sunshine co i'm not sure what earth dust is um and i also just got earth some dust has got to be Earth dust has just got to be, from the name of it, some kind of, uh, like, azomite, like, essential mineral type thing, micronutrient rock dust, glacial rock dust type thing. If not, that sounds, yeah, earth dust, glacial rock dust. It's got to be. If not, it's false advertising. Well, let's go with the, what, what we got here. We got a 2 by 4 tent. We got auto seeds and photo seeds. And we we got what we need to grow. So I, bu, 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 and just got some recharge off Amazon. Thank you, my friend. Love it. All right, hang on. Now I got to do a good job here, man. How tall is the tent? That's the first thing. Is it one of them half tents? Is it six foot? And what's Gorilla Grow? Anybody know what the Gorilla Grow with the extension will go uh, up to? A little two by four. Well, their standard, even just their standard of tent is. Let's see, the two by four. Seven goes up foot seven feet right? and eleven inches, almost eight feet. And if you get the two foot extension, you're almost it goes up to eight feet eleven inches. Um, I got to jump in. I just built a two by four, and uh, yeah, when people promise you you can have it all, you should be skeptical. But you can do both in here. You can have it all. You just need to set up a shelving unit. You can go to shit Home Depot, Walmart, and for fifty nine bucks get one of those shelving. It's like those. Uh, like chrome wire rack shelving, three or four units, fucking uh, very simple. But you can get something like that and hang. I would go with either hang your 300 up a little bit, uh, a little bit higher, and just hang it on the bottom shelf, and then use that top shelf for your autos. Throw your autos either in those twos or what do you got twos and yeah, fuck it, throw it in some fives, man. Put some fine like the, what are the rapid core 85 bars? They're not that core expensive, 85, right? core 85 not, watts it, each. Yeah, I doubt they're very expensive. I don't know the price on them, but uh, they're pretty affordable. You get one or two of those for your autos if you really want to go nuts. I'd say one of them probably. I just overdid it with my LEDs. It's so easy to do. But for a very minimal investment, a rack and an 85 bar, you know, basically an LED bar, you could have yourself everything and continue to have it. Depending I, on the don't size do all six. Don't do all six. I would do like maybe two autos at a time. Sorry. 
you can do in your, what you're setting what you're talking about with the rack system is good efficient use of space it can get hot quick in a tent i run three of those core 85 bars and it depends on where your tent's sitting uh my tent sits in a room that baby barely ever hits 70 and the tent What's gets the, up to 85 86 which how I'm big okay is the with. exhaust fan how big is the exhaust fan you're using well, the other thing is, good point, I'm in a sealed environment with CO2, so I'm not exhausting and I don't mind the temps of 85, 86. I obviously, with active exhaust or a temp stat, yeah, you might right. be money. Um, but, if you had a burner, so what you, you wouldn't have to worry about, not just fucking with you, a burner and a two by four. <laughs> They'd really call it a burner, wouldn't they? <laughs> hey, not necessarily. I mean, you could have a burner in the room that the two by four is in. If you had some other temps in there too, that could make sense. Man, we had some controversy on the burner. There's That's like a... <laughs> That's like a team right there, man. Burners versus the uh, what'd you call it? Bottles, I guess. CO2. What about? Let me let me bring a comment to enter the conversation. Thanks for the comments on here, uh, Sufo Tally. Haven't seen you in a while. What's up, Den Denwall on the island? But I want to talk about Watts for Life. Oh, and SC Dung Slinger. Watts for Life says, if you want the dank as soon as possible, I'd plant one auto and one photo. When the auto is done, at uh, LS, when the auto is done, low stress train and train your photo to fill up the space the best you can, then flower that bitch. It would be it, it would half serve as a perpetual too. It's easy to get two plants to fill a two by four space. So I would recommend if you grow either to limit the to two plants. It's since only go two. So this is saying why not? So once the the auto's done, shop it. Then you could get the photo going. And well, we should talk about light cycles too, though, because uh, some people. I mean, yeah, light cycles definitely matter. If you're trying to maximize that space, though, and it's right. a small space, uh, having an auto is a big unknown for that. And you just growth patterns and how it's morphologically how the plant is going to look is really hard. Where with a photo, you know, uh, like you, you don't have a defined veg period. You can veg it however long you need to fill out that space uh, without having to deal with a plant flowering while one's vegging and then both grow. Well, this rapidly. is his first grow too, ever. Do we say one's easier than the other or should a beginner for the first grow maybe stick yes. to a photo? I'm quoting soup in my head. You don't get a chance to screw up with an auto. An auto has a predetermined flower time. So if you screw it, like I just screwed up my lights. I put too much powerful lights when they were. Plants are just coming out of the solo cups. I had a few within a day or two, they're starting to recover, but I got a week where I slowed them down. If that's an auto and I have three weeks of veg, I just lost 30% of my, of my veg time and uh, probably really screwed things up. So I love a photo. You get to play with it as much as you want. You get to learn about low stress training. You get to learn about how to take a plant that should be this big and get it to be this big. And uh, I think there's just a lot more to learn. And you can always save those auto seeds for outdoors this year in a much bigger pot outside and have it very easy to get some uh, early harvest over the summer. But really consider the levels, all right? Or, Notice I didn't uh, make... Yes, sir. Sizing, uh, I did uh, photos in my 2x4 tent, um, and I did three regals, and that was pretty nice canopy in there. If you can do, I think, again, like Super Gardener said, I think he's at two seven gals is what he likes. Um, but just to give you an idea of what, you know, canopy will fill that out. Think ahead. Your plants are going to grow a bit. They are going to stretch a bit. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully that helps Chris Topher, and I, I also vote for the photos for the first grow. Hey, what do you think about? Does he put an exhaust fan in there? Does he exhaust it? Just it depends on how he's growing, and I don't know how many watts that light is. If he obviously, if you don't have CO two enrichment, you need to have air exchange. So, assuming that's the case, you can either have an exhaust fan on a temp stat, on a timer, on a cycle stat, however you want to do it. But yeah, and tip for a two by four tent. 
Um, sure, there's some nice little four inch inline fans out there on a budget. I even use a six inch inline duck booster fan. Works fine for four by four, two by four tent. Yeah, so. you can just have it very lightly going, you know, sucking out, causing a little bit, bit of a vacuum. So it's just the air is passing through. I know a lot of the growers are digging on the AC Infinity fan. We should try and get some of those for the DGC. What's up, AC Infinity? Where you at, huh? Where are they at, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, aren't they like in Canada? No, I think they're in Pacific Northwest. No, they're just they're, they're, the controls that are built into their things are nice. They came on board from uh, another one of those companies that was prolific in other industries, stereo equipment, fans for all kinds of shit. And then notice growers needing good fans. So now they got the fans with like the built-in temp, temp stat, humidistat, shit like that. It's pretty sweet. What do you have to do until someone calls you prolific? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. When you find prolific, prolific for me and I'll tell you what you have to do. I don't know, but I just want someone to fucking call me prolific at once in my life, man. Seems kind of yeah. deep, you know? Let's move on. Let's move on to a good comment here from Calvin. Um, you know how much I like the hand watering. So Calvin says, more CalMag. <laughs> First yeah. <off. laughs> I love that meme, bro. It's so good. <laughs> says, man, when he talked about lifting pots for weight, I felt so attacked. <laughs> Laugh my ass off out loud is what that means. L-M-A-O. I spent my first three hours every morning watering my plants and always with freshly mixed pH solution. Pumps, hoses, piping, and all that just sounds like a headache to me. I'd rather roll around a 20-gallon brew can full of solution and just water by hand, not with a wand. That's not what I consider hand. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have your finger or your thumb in front of the hose, man. That's hand watering, all right? Um, it says a measured container based on weight of the pot is the way to go. So he's saying, look, man, I'm going around. I'm checking each plant. Maybe some need it, some don't, but it is a good point. Like, definitely, I've, I've had maybe one or two plants and 12 plants in a grow that they just don't drink as quick. I don't know exactly why. Sometimes they're the runt or whatever, but they don't, aren't on the same watering schedule. So no water, it says, um, no water plants once every two days when the lights turn on. That is literally how you don't get the dank connoisseur outcomes. What's he mean by that? Don't water the plants once every two days when the lights turn on. He, oh, I think he's just saying if you just treat every plant the same and don't, uh, don't want go and actually care if the pot's saturated or not, and are just like, you're getting watered. Lights are on, you're getting watered, boys. That's how it works. Girls, that's how it works. I'm a um, total fan. Go ahead. And, and, yeah, I think that really does affect quality. That does make sense. That's where the connoisseur comes from is actually, think about it, man. If I got to wake up every morning and just whatever it was, I woke up this morning and feel like drinking a cup of coffee. Stomach felt like shit. You know, it's like uh, if, if you have to, if you just dump things on your plants when they're not ready for it, I'm not thirsty, man. Why are you making me drink another liter of water? So, yeah, people should be uh, doing this if they have the means because it puts you at plant sites. It puts you moving throughout right. your garden. Obviously, once you scale up to a certain point, you're like, I see his point, but I got 200 plants to deal with. But hang on, man. I'm always asking people how they con uh, make that connoisseur stuff, whether it's Jay Maestro, Loving in Her Eyes. I'm like, come on, how do you do that? Rasta Jeff, they pay attention to individual plants as to where I'm on a system where they get watered every two days or what actually my hippies do take care of it. They're, they, uh, they all say the same thing to me. I spend time with my plants. I get to know my plants. 
if you can keep them in that happy zone where there's just the right amount, it's the, I was just in Florida, it was the perfect temperature and humidity there. Everybody was out and about moving. A lot was getting done. If you can keep your plants in that happy zone, microbes are processing nutrients, the roots are uptaking it, beats the shit out of it. So if it's a tropical storm raining all the time, every two days, you know? 100%, yeah. I mean, that, my last grow, I had three seven gals in my five by five and one of them and they're all two were the same strain different phenos obviously um one was way more aggressive than the other and the, the one that wasn't as aggressive but created awesome bud man my scissors got so stuck i was almost getting frustrated like my thumb is stuck to my finger oh my poor scissors <laughs> like every i'm only getting through like half of a branch and i'm having to do the alcohol soak but respect uh, man respect dude that plant specifically did not want as much water as the other two. So I was giving it always about 20, 25% less than the other two as well. But yes, yeah, so there's a really good point, Calvin. I like the comment, and it helps me feel good about my hand watering fetish. I think you just helped me learn something. I really do think that's uh, that probably uh, that probably is a big contributor to growing the dank, is watering them at the right time. All right, so unless you know, you like unless you know, hey, this all 20 of these always are thirsty, always at this time. Like if you know that's how it's working, then good good for you. Yeah, I wonder if some of the great growers that I know do that. I bet you every one of them just picks. I can see Maestro just obsessing over every pot, picking up every pot, waiting three more hours to come get that one. You know, the folks that grow the dankest bud, you know, Loving in Her Eyes hangs out in her grow with her plants. Oh, maybe this one's a little thirstier. It's been three hours. You know, I think she's ready. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to talk about book recommendations by Ooh. Forged in Flower. Wow, Not man. So I feel like I should guess. scroll. I'm scrolling Audible while you talk about this, all right? I hope you're keeping it green. I was wondering if you can give me and the listeners some good book recommendations. Personally, I know quite a bit about organic growing as I have been a farmer for 10 years now. And I have seen, I've been growing cannabis longer, seriously, for about seven years. Okay, okay. That wouldn't make sense, would it, with the 10 years as a farmer? Um, I'm looking at books. I can't talk. Regardless, I would like to know <laughs> of any great books on organic soil and cannabis, or one or the other. Newer books would be great. I have read all Jeff Lowenfeld's books, and for, those, for the Love of Soil by Nicole Masters. Thanks a lot. You guys are the best forged in flower. Hmm. Have you read all of Jeff Lowenfeld's books? I've tried, bro. I have tried. I even got them on Audible. I started with Teaming on Nutrients. I probably started should have started with Teaming with Microbes. But Jesus, they're tactical, man. It's like uh, you really learn biology. You know, about the cell structure and chloroplast and uh, three-entry pathways, dude. You know, it's a little, I don't know. I uh, prefer uh, like something light like Dave Montgomery. Uh, Dave Montgomery's got uh, The Hidden Half of Nature would be the one that I would really think to start with. Uh, talks about microbes. I guess that's me. Uh, Revolution. Shit, is it a, I don't know, one after that. Just check out Dave Montgomery because it starts with dirt. Teaches you the uh, difference between dirt and soil. And he does it in a pretty entertaining way. I like his You want to hear it from like a uh, Rasta Dread like grower that lives in the Netherlands? What do we got up here? Um, I got a few actually. I'll, I'll, top left is True Living Organics by The Rev. Are Shout they out. good? Um, organic Marijuana, Soma style, S-O-M-A style. Pretty simple read. It's probably the opposite of what you're talking about. 
going nitty gritty like Jeff Blumenfeld's scientific style. I got uh, Marijuana Growers Guide. That is hang, by hang um, you got to you got to tell me a little bit about these. Like True Living Organics, it seems super interesting to me. I haven't heard about like I haven't actually read the book. And that's by the Rev, right? Right. Rev is used that- to be an author that was in what magazine? What was it? It wasn't High Times, but there's another magazine that was pretty popular. He write he would write a lot cannabis of articles. Culture cannabis. I don't know. Um, yeah, we almost even had him on the show one time. But what, okay, go ahead. So this is basically is this super soil? Is this current and it's super soil? Is that what the Rev does? It was one of the like precursors to the super soils that gotcha. you have these days where they, it was the layering where you would right, like, where, right. where you would have a hot part I of the bottom. I knew something interesting about uh, it. The, yeah, subcool later had more iterations of this with like the hot mix and the light mix and mm-hmm. mixing the two together. The Rev was more about doing like spiking nutrients down into, it was pretty much taking the concepts of organic gardening and uh, no-till and moving them over and showing people that it was possible to do stuff like that with cannabis. All right, you did go. You sit, hang on. Did you sit in your bedroom and read this book? Your, I, I have floor. sat in my bedroom and read this book. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. I can just imagine with a flashlight, man. You're like, oh, shit, don't want to get busted. It, it was actually a digital copy, like looking at it on my phone, turned to the corner somewhere, reading everything. I was just thinking, you're young, so you probably did read this like at the house, and then I was thinking, fuck. He's young. It probably was a digital copy. <laughs> it says, it just, it just to let you know, I grabbed the book here. Um, written and accessible, written in the accessible, easy to follow style that's Thank won you. the Rev so many followers. This book sifts through the jargon surrounding organic marijuana growing and shows you how to produce top quality cannabis in your own home for minimal cost. So, yeah, check it out, man. It's got a lot of nice pictures. I like that. Oh, and some old dude grows. Uh, chart things in here to take uh, notes with. Anyway. Um, hey, dude, we're thinking about DGC lighters, man. A, B. Which one do you like better? Well, the green one. I like green. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Chad Westport, um, let me feature a comment here. Guys, in this post, there's some links. If you go to dudegrows.com forward slash book dash recommendations, or just use the search bar. Search books, book recommendations, you'll find this stuff. Um, Because there's been a few different posts throughout the past years where people put up a bunch of books. Chad Westport says, although it's not organics and you're familiar with the Lowenfels series of books, I really like the Cannabis Encyclopedia by Jorge Cervantes. It is a a very all-inclusive of the many aspects of cannabis. It has aged well. The majority of the information is relevant to this day. So I think... I'm thinking Botany of Desire, Michael Pollan, just because it's fun to get an understanding of plants and... I don't know. It's kind of get if you're just learning about organic soil, you're kind of just learning like the, you're getting the instructions. But it's kind of cool if you get a little bit of the big picture, man. You kind of understand what what you're doing and why. Um, I don't know. I, I found that really interesting. I'm going to revisit some of these books that I have up there for. I don't know. This is maybe had a little dust on it, man, because you think you know everything, but you don't. And uh, yeah. Do you really think you know everything at this point? I feel like I. Barely, you know, I'm just no. hanging on, bro. <laughs> That's not what I, mean. I got. You. All right, let's move on here before we go to the next question. I do have to. I'm forced to shout out to Real Growers Recharge, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, man. You know, words matter, dude. Words <laughs> matter, man. I am proud to shout out to Real Growers Recharge. Guru, I'm proud of what we built, man. We started with something really good and we, uh, 
We pushed it for all it was worth, man. I'm really proud, man. We went for it. As, as two stoners, man, we broke the stereotype, went for it, brother. Good job. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, realgrowers.com no, extremely you guys proud want to, of what we did yes sir if you want to pick up some recharge if you're a Canadian grower rechargecanada.ca coupon code dude over at realgrowers.com will help you out a uh, ton of information on the past man how many years how many years have you been established as a businessman like six or so nah google shows me that uh, I was picking out t-shirts in 2012 like I was picking up my first product t-shirts and now right. it's a different company, but uh, I have been at the microbe game since 2012. Probably made every mistake you can make as a business person. <laughs> you guys want to get your soil, shall I say, more living? Inoculated with a propriety pack of microbes. That's why I like Recharge. You got a lot of different shit in there. Do the quick list for me. Just real quick. Just give me the ingredients if I can, because what's really what's cool about it is it is. Did you call it shit? It. Did you call it shit in there? Is I, what you said? I, I don't know. Possibly. Did we just talk about that? words, Matt. <laughs> it's a product I like that's going to replace other products that you have in your grow. So as yeah. far as. I'm sorry. I'm psyched, man. We were talking about that happy root zone earlier, not getting shit flooded by just you know dumping you know water on a super wet root zone. When you keep that moisture level at a you know with a bunch of aeration in it, when you when you water correctly, the roots are get just growing this fuzz on there. Think about if you leave a you know a peach out and it's the right environment, the roots do, you know it just gets fuzz on it, right? You know you can yeah. get the roots to grow this mycorrhizae fuzz on them, increasing the surface area protecting it allowing it to absorb more nutrients uh we're talking about that perfect environment man when the weather's out you know uh i'm trying to think when it's good weather are more babies made i'm not really sure about no that's when, snowstorms yeah thank you thank you but when the environment's right in that soil everything just multiplies faster and you just get nutrients delivered you get the roots uh growing and being protected and absorbing it's strong and you get the super strong plant man it's a, it's a combination. Everything works in concert. You got some living microbes. You've got some things to feed them, uh, some foods to feed them. Words matter. And then you've got some uh, organic chelators to get it into the plant. Uh, you put some kelp on that, which has some natural... It kills the fastest growing plant in the world, and it doesn't do that, you know, by getting fertilized. It has these growth hormones, man, these natural growth promoting substances, they call them. And uh, it makes it the fastest growing plant in the world. And plants don't, and cannabis, it's not essential for it. But when you put a little bit in there, a little bit of kelp in there, does it make a difference? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the, the rundown there. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go over to, we got. R-D-W-C, Newt Strength and Phenos by Hydrohuman 508. Dude, this is my helicopters the hovering over my house face right now, man. <laughs> Can you hear it? It's been there for a fucking... I tried to ignore it, but it seems to be hanging out. Anyway, yeah. Uh, human... Hydrohuman 508. Good, man. Good. A recirculating deep water culture. It's my favorite kind of... No. This is like a high-performance system. Super dragster, I call it. You're growing in water. I was just talking about the perfect environment for roots. Naturally, it is not in water. Although, you can fake it pretty goddamn good with uh, an RDWC system. I was always curious about that with these systems because your plant's roots are submerged completely in water. I mean, there's some space between the water level and your net pot or whatever, and then you have some roots like in hydrogen or a media, but the- uh, Hold on, the it's, not, it's not completely in water. 
it is completely in water and a mixture of a lot of air too to, yeah. be, able, to be able to get the the right amount of oxygen for for those roots to be in an optimal environment. Sorry, you're, I thought you were going to say, "Hold on, man." The helicopter seems to be getting closer. I was about to jump out of my fucking chair, man. He might be coming to try and land. Anyway, they're coming to take me away. Uh, research related to deep water culture. I did fuck with this because when you're looking at plants as a money as a cannabis as a money making system, you see somebody has this dialed in, and you're like, you they pull up the roots, and they're just these crazy huge white roots, and you're like, oh my god, I want that, man. If you yeah. have one of these dialed in, uh, the root corn can, is good. They can crush, but the the idea with deep water culture is you're using water as your medium. Remember we were just talking about not overwatering because you get uh, you yeah. need the right amount of oxygen in there. <clears throat> so with these, you use uh, air stones. And you use air stones are pretty powerful air pumps usually or a whole bunch of water movement. They have waterfalls. They have passive ones too. But I've always used air stones, a lot of air stones and uh, oxygen won't, uh, the air, I'm sorry, the water won't absorb oxygen at like room temperature. Uh, so you have to get it down. I think it's 69, 68 degrees is the most amount of oxygen that the water can absorb. So that's why you put these air stones in there. They're pumping, you know, some somewhat they're pumping a week's oxygen solution, you know, from the air. And uh, some of it's at least staying in the water, oxygenating it. That's the idea. Without that, I had a real hard time keeping those roots from not getting slimy. Now we have the idea. Let me do some narration on here. So, hey guys, first off, thank you for the wealth of knowledge. I'm soaked in washing. You guys do a great job. Thank you very much. So, so this is my first hydro go, and I have everything running smooth. A couple issues though. So I have a six planet of I have six planet of the grapes going from Ethos. They all start at the same time. They have I have one that doesn't want to grow and one that looks sick. I believe I may have locked the little one out with too much newts, but not sure what's going on with the sick looking one. These are all from seed. I know, I don't have any clones yet since I'm just starting off. My main question is, should I lower my PPM to accommodate the sick or contribute or continue to focus on the healthier looking plants? Now he's saying, I know when saying all from seed, going into this system, you wanna have a nice fat rooted out clone that just take off when you put it into a deep water culture system. Okay, let's look at these pictures before. He's got a couple nutrient questions, but, um, the environmental factors, hold on, he's got a thousand parts per million. That's kind of high for these little seedlings. One of them. Whoa. Here. Hey, let's talk about that real quick. Because you're constantly bathing these things and recirculating these uh, these plants, uh, they're getting a weak nutrient solution. The idea is for them to get a weak nutrient solution all the time. So as the, the uh, roots are bathing in it, it can take a little bit at a time. But putting a lot on there. You should need, like you could go half of that with looking at these plants right now. And then his water chiller is set to 64 degrees. That is cold. Like Too that cold, can. Yeah, 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 you'd need to bring that up to 68, to 70, yeah, it's 68, 69. Right, I mean, can, think about it. Nobody likes cold feet and plants especially are the same way. Uh, the, the idea of getting the water temperature lower to be able to have more oxygen in it is right, but you've gone too far. You want to be at like Scott was saying, 68, 69 degrees is optimal for uh, oxygen oxygenation in the water. I think after that and your PPM going down, so we're looking at one plant that's a still, it, don't, it doesn't even have a full set of leaves out. It is way smaller than the others. And then he's talking about the other plant that is still smaller. And this is why I don't like these systems because you're, you're all connected. There. They're all What's connected. Up? And look at those twisted leaves. 
Those look mm. like a P pH strangeness, maybe. I've had those when I've messed up the pH because don't forget, you don't have any buffer. So whatever pH, if it swings, that's your roots are, are exposed to that and exposed to it for you know, quite a period of time. And a lot of people don't realize too in these recirculating type systems. So like the, the nutrients that are in solution are around going through the whole system and being recirculated, recirculating uh, through the system. Nutrients are getting pulled out by the plant. That is chemically changing the makeup of that nutrient solution. So it makes it so like if pH swings are going to be inevitable in, in this without a ton of uh, automation for control. And he doesn't pH. mention much. He doesn't even mention pH in his question. But, um, but to answer your question, as far as like if you warm this water up, your pH mm -hmm. is dialed, you bring your PPMs down, everything should start to take off. I don't like how one plant that's really small is good, but you're, you're, these buckets are spaced pretty good. They're not too close to each other, but when you have a system that's all tied together for its irrigation purposes, it sucks because you can't like, okay, I want to move this plant over here or do this or that. One reason I don't like them, but I think you'll take off after you do these changes. When I put my water down to 64, um, this was funny. I was trying to deal, I was dealing with the root aphid problem and it's so nasty. In deep water culture buckets, you could lift it up and you could see like root aphids in the roots and even submerge down in the aerated water a little bit on roots. But when we, we turned the water chiller down to like 63 or two, they all climbed out like onto the level. They all got out of the water. They got away. They was too cold for them. They're like, fuck this. There's just a cool way to manually remove a bunch of them as well as be really gross. But, uh, right. Uh, yeah. By the way, I have a fairly I feel like we've been negative about deep water culture because we all prefer hydro or soil. This is a uh, this, preference. This is a beautiful system. This is, uh, reminds me of a current culture system. It's built correctly. It's built beautifully. And I know a lot of people that have had really good success with deep water culture. I'm thinking a nice guy, Kenny. He's a very clean person. I. Uh, Someone instructed him how to do things and he just did it. And he has great success with deep water culture. I just am too lazy for it. <laughs> well, to answer but this the question, is beautiful. I, I'm so sorry. I just want to jump in. No, pH swings. I have a really, it's yeah, not super. If you, if you spent that much money on this, I think they're about $200. You can get them from an aquarium store. I don't know if they have them in the grocery stores. I got mine from Aquatic Eco, but it's a, a pinpoint pH monitor controller. And you just take, a, it's got a probe in there. It has a switch for uh, where you can plug something in when the pH is too high, a switch for when you can plug something in when the pH is too low. And what you do is I just plug a little pump in. I just take a little five-gallon bucket on each side when the pH is too high. Uh, you know, honestly, it really only needs it on one side. So if your pH is constantly lowering, you put a little pH up in there. Uh, when the pH gets too low, it'll click this switch. Basically, just a little simple online switch. And uh, I just take like a dripper. I just have not such a powerful pump and I just have the smallest spaghetti tube dripper just giving that delivering a tiny bit of amount of pH up until it hits that, uh, you know, in, until it hits the in the new target. Yeah, no pH dosing, dosing system. If you're handy, yeah, you can just build a pretty cheap one. If not, there's some, I think, I don't know, Blue Lab had that made one, but they've been making them a little easier for the smaller growers, too. Have they? The one I can think of, Trollmaster, is going to be, is going to be, yeah. Rename that they shit, got a good will you? Who, who, 
Yeah, who came up with that? But those they got they have good pH dosers and uh, monitoring equipment for stuff like that. And you can integrate it with uh, all your lighting and all that stuff too. When I was down in Florida, I saw these. They had them, but they had these tiny dosing pumps, and that's what you, that's what really uh, a lot of those uh, monitor controllers pH ones are meant for. But damn, they, I can't remember what they call them. Peristolic pump. I can't remember, but it's uh, just like it's a dosing pump. It'll literally deliver just like a pre-measured amount, maybe a half a teaspoon if you need it whatever it's a really neat but they're really expensive i try to do it with a five gallon bucket and a dripper uh another question quick here in the nutrient um he's using gh3 part and he's like oh uh, why do they recommend having the calmag additive cali magic is gh's calmag additive right when the three-part uh, forester already has calcium and magnesium in them you should be trying to use the gh three-part series on its own and be able to see if, if you don't have any issues, don't forget about the Cali Magic. Forget about the additive. Um, I, I was I, I never needed to use it, man. I was yeah, on you're well probably gonna be all right. I was on well water, which makes a difference. Uh, and then yeah, constantly. I mean, pH swings. I would have to adjust pH in my series uh, my system two times a day, usually morning and night. It would swing enough. So other than that, I think you will have. I mean, looking at that system, he's got a chiller. He'll be kicking butt, man. Let yeah, hey, that's Let's awesome. I want to know how stoned you were at Home Depot when you made that and how many times you just abandoned the first cart, went back again. And I've, done, I've been building hydro systems like that. I mean, like, wait a minute. This is like $600 here, man. <laughs> I can go buy one cheaper. Scott, maybe you're talking about leaf kind of twist a little in the second mm -hmm. picture down. If yeah. I remember right, I'm just it's just coming to me now. I think those leaves are doing that because they're in water that's too cold. I think Could I've even be. seen that before with plants in really cold water because that's cold, man. They ain't gonna want to do shit. I ain't swimming right. in sixty-four. Uh -uh. I don't know. Sixty-eight. Yeah. I don't get people that swim in sixty-four degree water, dude. It's it's, it's yeah. these Colorado people, man. They're like, oh, it's not so bad. I'm like, dude, I'm starting to lose feeling in my extremities. You know, it is definitely swim like in, <laughs> in a mountain lake uh, when there's still snow on the ground everywhere. It feels good. Get your, blood, get your blood flowing. Hmm. Define good. I think me and you have different uh, ideas of what feels good means. I mean, I dig, I dig the cold water. I mean, I, I have to. Since I've moved to Canada here, uh, a lot of cold mountain runoff, a lot of cold water, but it's crystal clear and it's beautiful. The colder it is, the clearer it is. It's like, oh, my God, is there even water there? You're looking down. But like just. I like to swim up the old Gold Creek, uh, where the Gold Creek meets the Alouette there, Scotty, because it's pretty cool, man. It's like really clear water. I use some like dive goggles and fins just to look for shit. And the further you go up the creek, right when you get to this one point, it changes from the lake water that's kind of okay backing up into it to ice cold. And you can see when you're swimming towards it that it's coming. Like it's getting clearer. I can see the change. And then when you get into it, you're like, Jesus Christ. It, you can't stay in too, too long. It is. Hard. Oh, my God. Uh -uh. Keep it alive, dude. It's good for the heart, good for the body, good for the soul. Jesus. You're good at adapting, you know. I ain't jumping in no cold water here. Wait, you never did the, like, jump from the hot tub to the cold pool and then back to the hot tub and then to the cold pool? Yes. And I got pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's take it back to HydroHuman508. I hope that helped. I think you got everything you need to succeed there and hopefully helped out with some recommendations. Yeah, and there is a bunch of RDWC uh, growers in the DGC. Damn, try saying that. Uh, 
But uh, I would just put any other questions you have up. You should. It looks like you really set up for success there. So, yeah, the DGC is here to help. I'm going to take us over to the pros list before we get to what's going on in our grows. Dudegrows.com forward slash pros. That's where they're at, Scotty. Nice. Before we even uh, go to the pros list, I just happen to be thirsty with a cool, refreshing coconut flavored Malibu splash. <laughs> yes. What do you think? Will it ever work? Is Malibu going to ever call us up and be like, you guys seem cool, man. Here you go. They might give us a case at least. I'm kidding. This is like a prop. It's actually a show prop now. And everyone comes in. It's a test. We offer them a strawberry and coconut or passion fruit, fruit flavored Malibu splash. <laughs> and if they drink it, we firmly but politely ask them to leave. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. On the pros today, just since I just hung out with the man, I'm a shout out to Optic Foliar. Uh, Dinesh, he knows how to get to me. He's like, hey, let's go out and eat at the raw bar, dude. So we got many, many, many oysters in. You down with the oysters? Yeah, I was just mowing on oysters in Florida. How, how many is too many, though? Because I can eat a, a dozen oysters, but you go, you can go too far on the oysters. We huh? did a do, we did a dozen each, and they are all, by the way, all all very local, which is nice to be in this neck of the woods for the roller bar. Everything's yeah, like fuck right. Fuck the local oysters around here, man. The fuck's a Rocky <laughs> Mountain oyster, man? You order that once, you know. Check out this, man. I'm over on Dinesh. Got a site going here, the Mesophilic Layer. If you guys don't know, foliar feeding your plants kicks ass. It's a whole other way to deliver nutrition to your plants. It's also a way to get, if you're struggling with a lockout or nutrient deficiency in the soil, you can try and get some nutrient in or not. You will through the mesophyll layer. Um, and I'm looking at this cool picture here. It just shows how, you know, looking at the cross cut of leaf surface, where you got the cuticle, upper epidermis, the palisade, mesophilic cells. Did you know all this stuff was here, Scotty? I didn't. And it's starting to make sense because the xylem and the phloem is right below that. <clears throat> and that's where the nutrient comes from. Isn't that where the nutrient comes from? It's like that's the end route for the roots. That's no, where, that, that, or no, that's where the water and food are coming from. Yes, meaning that it starts in the roots and it ends up going into the plant there. That's like the last yep, capillary of it. Yep, it is sending stuff both ways. Yeah, the yeah, xylem is what uh one push in and xylem, xylem is flowing back. Xylem is for water, phloem is for food. Wow, what a trip, man. What a trip. Anyway, but it's if you're getting your foliar into that layer, it's going to where the food needs to be. And a great introduction to like Dinesh has got some different products, like an overgrow that's ready to use, which has got beneficial nutrients and some micronutrients and other things in it. But the transport he has is what I like. If you're spraying anything, you're spraying kelp, yep. you're spraying uh, some type of prevention <laughs> IPM product, you use transport along, you can spray with the lights on, no worries, and it'll help deliver it into the leaf surface as well. So transport is a cool product that Optic Fuller has if you want to get familiar with how they rock shit. And the site, man, there's a lot of information on here. He's got a good resource center with pest and IPM control, PM and mold control. Uh, <laughs> just learn about foliar feeding your ladies. If you're not, it's a good thing to be doing. Yes, man, yes. I will say as important as foliar feeding is or as as much of an added benefit is that, that it can be, I should say, uh, you can do it wrong or do it very ineffectively. And the idea is you got to get that uh, nutrient solution or whatever you're putting in there, uh, A, to stick on the leaf and B, to be absorbed. 
And so it's kind of a, it is a big deal. And we talk about spraying with the lights on because the water, if you don't have any kind of, if you've not used something like transport, it'll beat up and be, you know, can actually cook like a little magnifying glass on the leaves, do some damage. So yeah, there's a lot of benefits to using uh, the right foliar products. I love using transport. I should say I always use transport when I do a foliar. If Just you haven't also tip uh, foliar fed something before, Spray part of your garden before your whole garden. Just check it out. Make sure it's going to be good. All right. Right. Um, right. Definitely. Depending on what you're using. But opticfolio.ca will hook you up with some information over there. So let's go to our grows and see what is going on in the grows, dude. In your grow. Yeah. I saw you got some plants in there. You had a little hang with Jaron, a little live hang I caught. You're messing I around playing in the grow. Uh, yeah, it was nice. Actually, I knew I was, I knew exactly what the problem was because it was the same thing when I first showed up to Colorado. Remember I went and got 9,000 watts for like a, like a 10 by 10 or a 12 by 12 room, put the plants in there thinking everything was going to be great. And the plants look like shit and it, you can give them too much light. You absolutely can, especially when they're young, they're just not used to it. And uh, yeah, it, there's a certain look and they just look sickly. <clears throat> so anyway, I got my plants from Banner. They were just in little solo cups. I immediately put them under some lights, essentially very similar to the Core 85 bars that you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I think th- your bar is 130 th- watts. If <clears throat> yeah, I've got... I've got Thrive, Thrive Agritech bars. I had them sitting around. A buddy gave me them. And um, yeah, I think there's two. Uh, there's 130 watt ones and I think 60 something, 63 yep. watts. I took, uh, did I take two of the 130? No, I took two of the, yeah, two of the 130s and put them over these clones. And they were like, yo, you're just killing this, man. You're, you know, you don't want to believe that the LEDs are really that strong. Because they just to the eye, they really don't look that strong. So, you know, I had them, I don't know, a foot, 18 inches away, and it was just crushing them. So I replaced uh, that rack with two of the 63 waters, and I turned both of them on and had to fight myself. I was like, just turn one on, man. Just turn one on. They've been in there about three days, very quickly recovering. And uh, I just did it as an example, a good example. Okay, dude, light poisoning, right? I got it. Too much light. I've never had that issue. I don't think so. I'm always trying to not throw up too many watts. But what there are fully recovered now. You need to transplant those things, man. What you doing? I did. Oh, I'm sorry. They're in three gauss. They have been transplanted, sir. Okay. Okay. And what? Out of the way. Cocoa. Uh, Snuck cocoa with some castings and some biochar. It is on that live. Okay. I believe I went through it on that live and I just went Friday night. We're just kind of chilling out and I went into the grove for a few hours. I remember my wife and my kid there. It kind of hasn't happened in a while where they're like, dude, you've been in there all night. You know, I came out at one. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say this, man. I came out at like one thirty. I was fucking pretty beat. And so kind of just <laughs> washed my hands and face and went to bed. And when I woke up, it was cocoa core land, man. I mean, I had so much cocoa in my hair, you know, and just in my <laughs> head. <laughs> I left a mark on the pillow. Yeah, it's pretty, but it was just kind of weird. I was like, my fingernails were just like, you know, like it took me two days of scrubbing to get my the dirt out of my fingernails. And yeah, I was back to being a grower, just like that. They I'd rather have cocoa in my bed than crumbs. You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus, yeah, no crumbs. Girl Scout cookie time, you know? I can picture a bed made out of cocoa being pretty comfortable. Well, you know, be good. What about if it was KFC crumbs, though? <laughs> um, I don't know. Don't eat no KFC. So, 
to move to my grow. Uh, had somebody check out my plant, my tent, it's a five by five tent. So I had my three seven gals in there and then one of those little wire racks you're talking about with my dehumidifier on it. And nice. it's like, dude, you're wasting space here. Like why the hell there should be a plant where that dehumidifier is. He's like, I hate to see, cause basically it is the size of a plant space. I got the 600 R spec hanging above it. I could easily grow four plants and seven gals in a five by five. Hey, I'm confusing so, a humidifier with a dehumidifier. <clears throat> a humidifier is just one of those little things. A dehumidifier is uh, a, an air conditioner, essentially. It's got a compressor, and uh, it's a pretty big thing. It's This one's the smallest you can probably get, so it's a little smaller than your standard size dehumidifier. But I got to scrub my head. Like, what do you do with your hands? I'm thinking that it's something that looks like one of those floor air conditioners that's maybe uh, third. Oh, really? There you go. <laughs> you started way smaller. <laughs> it's just over a couple feet tall. It's yeah, not, it's sure. It's not too big. And then so I got thinking about mounting like a rack with wood so it would come through the tent, but then I was going to have to cut a hole in the tent. I was like, wait, wait I'm confused, man. I'm so sorry, but how are you going to get rid of uh, the... You're going to try to mount this outside of the tent? Is what you're saying? No, no, no. I was going to make a rack like outside the tent, but it supported the dehumidifier inside the tent. Like the, like the, the supports would come through the tent wall and hold it up. And then I'm like, you're overthinking this. You know what you can yeah, do? Yeah, why not just use a rack? Um, I don't want to take up any floor space. So the problem is going to be solved. I'm going to hang it up. I'm just going to hang it up. It was like, why not just hang it up? So it's. Why are you making that face? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. I you tell me if it works. A little easily. I can make a listable platform out of wood with some my bolts and some rope. And I hang I got the Gorilla Grow tent. It's already, it's rated for that weight. I don't know what weight off the top of my head they, they show in one how, hit. Like, how big is the room that the tent is in? It's my garage. Two-car garage. Okay. Uh, never mind. So regardless, it's going to be out of the way. I'll be able to support it. I was just saying, I don't know how much weight they have a weight rating. They show some guy from Gorilla Grow Tent like hanging on a tent, but I know if I hang on my shit, like it's gonna all fall down. It must be <laughs> a little bit lighter. Regardless, I'm can hang it up out of the way. I don't use pull out the tray to empty it. It already has quarter inch adapter hose in the back, just so it goes out to an outside reservoir. So I collect my dehumidifier water in a five gallon bucket outside the tent. What yeah. about just taking a, a, a humidistat and just plugging a, uh, a fan into it and just slowly pulling some air out? Is it, are you doing not doing that because of the CO2? It's a kind of going to be a waste of CO2? I mean, I got a ton of CO2 with my 50-pound tank. The thing is, pulling air out, air's got to come in somehow, right? And the air sure. coming in. and the Dehumidified garage. air. Oh, it's oh, I forgot. God, and yeah. it's probably. So the dehumidifier is actually benefiting me this time got of year. Got it, got when it. When it runs, uh, I can use the heat. So basically, that that's the situation with it. And Sorry, it's easily mountable. I'll make a video. You seem concerned about my mounting. No, it just seems anytime it seems like like me. Like anytime I think of something and I'm like, I'm just gonna do that. You know, I've got like warehouse Kyle now that rolls his eyes and it's like, please don't. You know, please let us do it the right way. So you know, it's just going through my head. Ultimate limit on space, right? I got five by five feet mm -hmm. to work with. Mm -hmm. so everything you can get off the floor. That's why you want to have sturdy, like with people hang their carbon filters, their lighting, of course. And now my dehumidifier, so I can just have a clean. Plus, I like to get up in the tent, stand in between sure. the tents, you know, or in between the plants. So, what do you what do you um, think about the levels idea? Do you do you have a rack in there? Are you with me on this? Do you think it's too crowded? Like, uh, it wouldn't work sir. for the height I grow my plants in a seven gal. I couldn't fit two of them and. My lighting situation with just the one 600R spec is 
just what I need for that five by five footprint. Yeah, I see the racking it. situation coming way more into advantageous when you are in veg, um, going yeah. to flower when you're going to yeah. stretch these out for sure. Uh, so yeah, that's what's going on in my grow for now. I popped. Uh, what seeds do I have? Still the same serious seeds, feminized one to ones, and working on those peppers. Man, these pepper. I got cayenne, uh, habanero, jalapeno, and one other I can't pronounce. But pepper seeds are giving me a, some freaking trouble. So I'm doing the paper towel method with them and waiting for them to pop and being real gentle with them and see how that's going to work. So yeah. Just let it, you know. Yeah I, yeah, I get you, man. I've definitely gotten some pepper seeds before and been like, dude, dude, what's up? But uh, I think a lot of times they will sell you old pepper seeds too. Well, I've had trouble with two, actually a cannabis seed. And Drew, maybe you could, I, you could point a finger at my soil mix. I'm using a soil mix that I've just had around. It's a mix of peat and cocoa, um, and it's got some perlite in it. It hasn't been like out in my garden or anything. It's straight from the bag, um, but it, it did sit outside for a little bit, covered up. I didn't think any big deal. But two did seeds. Did you inoculate it with anything? I, I gave. I soaked them with recharge. Like I watered in the media with recharge before. Good, I good. I mean, that's important though. It's important if there are pathogens. Uh, there must be though, because two of the seeds, the cannabis one, so that the, the stem it comes up above soil. Right. right. And then the seed still has like its shell on. It's trying the shell's cracked. And then on one of on one of the peppers that did that and one of the canvas ones, it the stem right there pinched off, rotted, rotted. and died before yeah. it could open up. I'm like, that's gotta be some virus shit in the soil mix, maybe. It's not virus in the soil. It's some type of pathogen. It's it's hard to know without either testing the soil or seeing the plant and what happens? Yeah, it? that makes me feel like I need to go like at least until the plant gets a little established into I don't want to say sterile, but maybe a, a you know if I that's I don't I hate to say, but should I go into a rock wool block with some recharge? You know what I mean? Until I get established roots and stuff where they're stronger to handle that stuff. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I'll put some of my soil mix in the oven. I think that's an old trick, right? Three fifty <laughs> for twenty go. minutes. Turn that soil into dead dirt, sir. Oh. Uh, I'll plant more seeds. I'm sure it's just, you know, it's, all, it's not a guarantee you're planting a seed, you know. It should be a little bit more of a good guarantee than going fishing, but it's not a guarantee it's going to work. I think yeah. you go fishing with the wrong people. <laughs> That's why it's called fishing, Guru, all right? It's not about the catching. It's about the fishing. Oh, yeah. It's about the, the journey, not the actual catching fish. Shout out to breaking the stoner stereotype, Dr. J, uh, out there, professional bass fishing. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right. Uh, are they like NASCAR? I think they are like NASCAR. We can get a DGC sticker on Dr. J's boat, right? Well, we should see if we can do that. That'd be dope. Yeah. I am going to, uh, you guys got anybody slinging recharge these days around, sure. around the country, around the world? Oh. I'm sure we do, sir. Come on, Guru. Who's, who's someone that's uh, that's been doing a good job for us? I got No Stress Hydroponics in Sherman Oaks, California. Shout out to right. those guys over there. Nice. You're lying. No stress. You ain't trying hard enough. No stress. Come on. Uh, no. Yeah. Hydro? No, nah, as long as it's all working, man. No clogs, no stress. No catastrophic failures. You guys had a good time hanging today, dudegrows.com forward slash support. Check it on out. And uh, I'm going to start some shout outs here. First off, Terp Hooligan. How you doing? And Art Attack. Art Attack. I got Fire Farmers and Dan, the Indoor Man, DGC. Yeah, I like it. It's like a sentence. 
How do you do this next one? Growy? Growy Biggie? Growy Biggie? Grow, that's Grow Biggie, man. That's Grow Biggie. You don't just, you don't spell things right away now, man. Alright, Ugly Casanova. <laughs> Write a book, man. I want to hear how you do it. How you pulling that game off, man? Grand Ha, De Grand Ha, and Reefer Madness. Uh, good up to Merlin. And Super Lemonade, 420. Hey, how about your mailman grows? Right on. <laughs> Does he shit too? <laughs> I was so confused when I found that he wasn't a mailman. <laughs> Stay higher to AGC. Until next time, we'll be waking and baking. Coming at you. Out. Take her easy, dude. It's just weed. I like to keep the bells on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bone. Some people start their day off with a pill. It's what the doctor says to do. They shake their heads at natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new. It's just weed. It's just weed. It's just weird. I like to smoke it out in loud. Yeah, yeah. Now if the big man catch you riding high, oh, we gonna lock you in a cage. No. If you wonder why he hates the dank, just look at how he's been.